I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, we are here today with the Hollywood Life podcast, and I have got my co-anchor, Ali Stagnita, at uh, her home. Hi, Ali. Oh, yep. I'm in New York City right now, actually. We've been going back and forth. I see you've got your kitchen in the background. We get to see your kitchen today. There it is. Yep. And we've got a very special guest today. We are so excited to speak with the star of a new film that has just come out. And so everybody say hello to Mercedes Kilmer. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so everyone, and congrats on your feature film debut. That is so Thank exciting. You. And, you know, even more exciting that you get to be alongside your dad, who is, you know, renowned actor Val Kilmer. So congratulations to you. Yes, the movie is called Pay Dirt, and it looks very gripping, very exciting um, in the trailer that I've seen. Um, it is available on video on demand for everybody who wants to see it. But Mercedes, why don't you tell us first, what is Pay Dirt about and what is your role? Because you've got a very interesting role in this film, because you actually play, play the daughter of your father's character, so it's very much kind of life imitating art. I mean, well, art imitating, no, actually art in, imitating life. Or life imitating art. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's about a heist. I don't want to give away the plot too much, but it's riveting. And uh, it, yeah, it's a heist movie. And it's action packed. It's action packed. It's a really good mystery. And it's filmed and set in beautiful Coachella. Uh, and yeah, it's a, it's, I guess it's kind of a Western. <laughs> it's a, it's a desert, beautiful desert landscapes. And it's, it's about a heist maybe gone wrong or not. I won't give it away. And I play Jamie who is about to become the district attorney and her father, who was played by my father, Val, is a police officer and he has, kind of retired and he's come back to do this one well you'll see um he yeah I, and she's she sort of grew up um around law enforcement and around um you know the criminal justice system and but also has kind of her own take on it and her own, her own thing that she does so it was really nice it's sort of similar to me and my dad, so it was, it was nice to imitate life. <laughs> <laughs> when did you film this? Because we know we've all been in pandemic mode and lockdown since March. When did this actually get filmed? 
We filmed it in December. So it's a pretty, it's a really fast turnaround actually. Um, and yeah, it, we, right before everything happened, kind of. Wow. At the end of the year, yeah. And with your character, I mean, do you have any action-packed scenes? I know, you know, they, you know, Hollywood Reporter was like an AK-47 filled film. Do you Unfortunately, I'm just, you know, behind a desk. Got it. Um, my character, uh, yeah, I, I got to see the guns and stuff on set, which was fun. <laughs> Well, we, we assume that they were not loaded, so there was no fear of getting near them. <laughs> now, how did, how did it come about? Because your, your father has this key role in the film. Was he hired first? Um, were you hired together? Like, did they... Did he was hired first, uh -huh. and then he, I, they had an idea of what they wanted for Jamie, for, for me, my character. And then they found out that I was an actor and then they asked my dad, like if I, what he thought about it. And he was like, absolutely, like you should meet her. And then we met, I met Christian and Mike, the director and producer, and they were so lovely. And we, we talked about it and we kind of all of us agreed that it would be a cool idea to have that extra element of, of, of real life or that extra reference point um, to add in, to sort of deepen the character. So, so yeah, um, and then I met with them and we, we talked to them. What was like having this as your feature film debut, you know, this being your first big film, being alongside your dad? It was good. I mean, it's, it's really ironic. Um, like, you know, anyone, I think that's like all my friends know, I've been very, I, I really kept my family like, separate from me and especially from my acting work like I've done theater and I, I've kept it like very um I've always been reticent to be in the public and especially to be publicly associated with my family but then like you know and now I get to a certain age and I'm like in my 20s and I'm, I'm an adult now and I think it was really healthy to actually finally integrate my family and my personal life and my public and private it, it felt like really just perfect timing for what was already happening like inside of me of wanting to actually like just kind of accept myself you know and so it was coincidentally the opportunity came up at exactly the right time so it was really fun and it was really like yeah it felt like a really healthy um way to integrate that and did you find that, did it really feel like you were able to deepen the character, the characters, both characters, by having, you know, a reservoir of real life feelings behind them? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it was really hard for me to act with my dad because I've never done it before. And it was really embarrassing. And it was really like, I felt like very shy. You know, this is a part of yourself. It's very intimate. You don't, it's not that I'm not, and I love my parents and I'm very close with, with both my parents, but it's still a, just a different part of myself that I don't really share with them. So it was very awkward. And then, but, <laughs> but it was really, really, really rewarding. And I learned a lot, like, 
that I didn't ex really expect to. I was already like, what am I going to learn from my dad that I already know better than anybody? But I, I was really surprised that I learned a lot from him. What did you, what did you learn specifically? Well, so in a few, a few ways, like I learned about, I guess the, mo the biggest thing I learned, which I, I think we, we talked about briefly earlier, like he, I, I was really appalled at the lack of the disability being in the conversation of, uh, or the lack of d disabled people and disability in my training and in, even in my own thoughts about acting. And for some reason, you know, I, I, I like, you know, I try to read a lot and I, I will I always try to kind of be aware of like identity and, and the way identity within art and, and within labor. And, and yet I, I was just really shocked and like appalled that I hadn't really like spent a lot of time learning about acting with disability and it, it seems to be a conversation that's like kind of absent and, and acting is like such an ableist like industry more than any you know I can name 10 artists visual artists with disabilities I don't I can't name very many actors like maybe five um whose names I can't remember like from films you know what I mean which is, is so that's really like not acceptable I think so I, I was really like um Surprise, what I learned to answer your question was that, you know, my dad is so talented naturally and he's trained so much. So he's able to really skillfully work around his disability of speech. And I learned like how vivid acting, you know, how, how you know, how uh, just watching him communicate and how, because he has limited communication with his voice, he ha does it with his face and he, with his physicality. And so I learned a lot of like, not to take for granted speech, like sometimes, because I've taken speech classes and I love speech and I, you know, I hope I, I wanna, that's an area of acting that I'm really interested in. So I, I learned not to take that for granted and not to just rely solely on like having a good speech or, or whatever. Um, yeah, and so I just, I also learned how easy it is to accommodate disabled actors because we did it so well and so easily. And, and I think my dad being more well-known, like that door was more open for him, but hopefully his playing this part will open it even wider for other people. Now for the, the audience who isn't aware um, maybe you can tell more about what, what happened with your dad. He, he battled throat cancer and it was a tough battle, correct? And yeah. part of that he had to have a, is a tracheotomy, is that mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. And that is, has affected his speech. Yeah, he had a tumor and then the tumor was removed and the, um, yeah. And then he also had like radiation on his throat. So that sort of hardens the muscles that we use to speak. So yeah, but, but thankfully like because he had trained so much and because he already had such a powerful voice, probably if he hadn't have done that, he would have even more optimized speech, you know? So it really like saved him. Right, like his career and training and acting. Yeah. Saved yeah. him being able to 
use his voice. I have a friend who's a speech therapist and we talk about it often. Um, and it's just very interesting, the, you know, muscles and when it comes to your esophagus and your throat and just this entire area um, and, you know, how it affects speech and, and motor skill and being able to, you know, communicate effectively. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, that's like one of my favorite things about acting is like learning how, like even just when you have like a British accent, your mouth is literally like in a square and you like suddenly like, you literally have a stiff upper, upper lip. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it changes like the whole culture. Right. Or it changes, like all you, if you actually just really learn accent, you don't have to even do anything else because it changes your entire physicality. It's really fascinating. But yeah, so it really like helped my dad and then he also like he knows how to regulate his breath in a certain way from doing stage training and he knows how to just express things with his eyes and you know but it but it was cool because i you know i'm around him so much i it's not news to me at all but it, i've never just to act with him and see how he does it how he you know uses his limitations of speech in a creative context was really powerful. And it only like enriches the work and it only ever enriches art to have more types of people doing it. Like it, it only added to everybody's like experience and it only added to his performance and to mine, so. And is it his voice we hear in the film? No, it's someone else. So that's also amazing. Like another person got a job. Yeah. Um, and it just shows you. <laughs> well, also, if you watch the trailer, like I, and people watching the film, like he's so expressive, like you would never guess it. And as you say, he's acting. You would never, either you don't, there's no disconnect at all. Yeah. And I that's would, also like, that's, it's really, really, it's harder to act. Uh, well, obviously, it's harder to act without your voice. And it's also like, it's really hard to, act in such a way that's going to be dubbed and have it be realistic like it's really really hard and my dad did such a good job and the filmmakers did such a like really good job of doing that because it didn't come across as like a italian um 70s you know you know what i mean you've seen bad dubbing yes. like, yeah. it's, re it's yeah. really hard yeah. to do it well and they did an amazing job now um your dad is so famous uh, what, and he, like, he was so famous. I mean, he played uh, Jim Morrison and he's Batman. And so what was it like growing up, up with him? You said you were very close. Were, were you close um, with your father as well as your mother when you were little and all through your teenage years? Yeah. I mean, I think I was like a little demon for a minute <laughs> when I was a teenager. But um, yeah, I've always been really close with, with my family uh, and my brother. And, was, was this your first time being on set with him or did you used to go with him when you were younger? Um, yeah, <laughs> this is definitely not my first time on set with him, but it, 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 in this context, you know, in this capacity, it was my first time. Um, but no, I grew up like with both of my parents once at various sets. So your mom, your mom's British, correct? Yes. And so she moved, like you guys grew up in Hollywood, in LA or the LA area? So she we grew up in between New Mexico and LA. And oh. I'm actually in New Mexico right now, you can see. Nice. Oh, very nice. 
anyway, um, yeah, we grew up back and forth. My dad lived here, but he would be in LA a lot and just. Mm -hmm. And you guys share in the, in this movie, I know there's some really emotional kind of tearful scenes when you guys were having those moments together. What was that like? I mean, were you pulling on like real emotions in your relationship? No. Um, <laughs> um, but, but of course, like you are because you're really there. Like right. you really have a relationship with whoever you're acting with. That's real. It's just a height, heightened reality. But I wasn't like trying to replicate like things that had actually happened in the past. Um, and then I was also just sort of using other things like that have nothing to do with my dad, but that have to do with kind of the, the emotional reality of that moment. Like I was sort of, yeah, say yes and no. Like I think all acting is always real and it's also always a creative act of imagination. That's when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. How did you feel like with your father um, having battled cancer? Like how did that draw you, you and your dad together or you and your family together? Did you find like, did you come closer together as a family? Like how did you emotionally handle all of that? Yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything that's like super profound to say about that or like insightful other than just yeah we, of course like I think illness really does make everyone focus on what's important in life mm -hmm. so yeah and it brought a lot of like my dad's friends from his childhood that I hadn't seen in years and it was really nice I mean obviously I wouldn't choose to have that happen again but uh it was there were there were elements of it that were really beautiful and yeah even just have the house was full of people for a while like when when he was like just had surgery and, and stuff like that so there's a, there are so many beautiful parts of illness or what happens when you know. mm -hmm. when you go through yeah when you go through a very difficult time um, as a family, yes, and it can bring you really closer together, bring you closer together, um, you know, with the person that is undergoing the situation, like it brings out emotions and obviously sometimes it brings out more honest talk. Um, in terms of family, now that you've had this experience with your dad, is there any thought about acting with your brother, your brother uh, or your mother? Would you like to have projects with them? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, like I said, I really tried to like avoid them <laughs> and, and then having, doing this like really opened up a world of possibilities and like this something I had thought that was kind of like 
you know, in no, no disrespect, like I love my family so much. And I think I'm, I'm very privileged and blessed to have access to their talent and, and, you know, to, to be around them. One of them is, is certainly a privilege, but in other ways, I think it holds you back in, as an artist in some ways, because you can't have your own experience or also people have preconceptions about you before they've ever met you. And, and that kind of was difficult for me to navigate. But now I look at like what I previously thought of as kind of an obstacle or something as like a potential for inspiration. And like in Pater, we were able to use that creatively and, and give the characters another layer. So in anything where now I'm really down to like try to play around with the fact of my family. Mm. That makes sense. So if something came up that was interesting and fun and good, I would do it. But I'm not gonna, I wouldn't go really go out of my way to force them to act with me. Roles lined up um, coming up or anything that you kind of have your eye on? Obviously this was like a Western type film, like you said, any, you know, drama you want to get into, rom-com? I don't know if a rom-com, I don't think I'm very like funny person um but <laughs> uh definitely not a comedian but yeah love i love the drama i love uh crying and stuff i love crying in the in the west um wait did you say crime or crying both both oh. i actually oh. said crying <laughs> but i love both crime and crying movies um and <laughs> yeah no i mean everything has gotten so delayed because of this coronavirus so I really will see I have some things that are in the works and we'll see what's gonna happen this year so it's a crazy time yeah it is why do you like crime movies and is there another crime movie you've been now you're in Peter I love the title Peter it's just it's a great title yeah it's a great title it's so catchy um uh, is there another crime movie that you love or something that inspired oh. you Every movie I love is a, I love Double Indemnity, one of my favorite films, um, dream, dream film. Um, I, honestly, uh, so too many crime movies to name. Uh, there's been some good ones recent. I just watched this movie Burning that came out in 2008. That was really good. Um, it's about a crime. I mean, so many, so many. I love a good mystery and intrigue. Like you'd be great in like a possible or like a like a James Bond film. <laughs> oh sure, I'll take that. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I, that would be fun. Yeah. Well, speaking of crime fighting, we have to ask you. You know, what was it like um, having your dad be Batman? What did your like? Was that something? Did you even know what Batman was before he was Batman? And what did you think of the costume? And what did your friends think? I did. I, I knew what Batman was. I was five or four or five. Or something. Really I know. knew what it was. I knew that it wasn't just my dad. Like, I knew about um, the previous ones. And I remember watching, like, the 60s Batman, like, the most. Right. Um, but the... Like yeah, I know the guy who played uh, the TV show, Adam. Adam, yeah. I was gonna say Adam Curtis was not Adam Curtis. Anyway, so the um, 
okay, so yeah, I knew about Batman. And I think when you're a kid, you're like whole, you're just in like cartoon world all the time. So it was like, just made absolute sense that that's what my dad was doing. Um, I ne- it was unquestionably logical. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I, I, and then my parents had done other, like my parents did a film called Willow as well. And that was like a fantasy movie. So I was just like, everything is a cartoon. <laughs> like it didn't seem strange to me is my point. And um, I loved it. I love, I've always been like very uh, sort of like dark. Like I loved all the black leather stuff. Um, and I like, I loved like the, you know, the Catwoman was my favorite Batman character. And I remember being on set and I just thought it was like really cool, but it, it didn't seem like strange or anything because I was four. So, and I just would accept everything. Yeah, like a- my dad's Batman. Yeah. I mean, I think it was more like I did remember growing up and being like, oh, this other people's parents don't wear this outfit <laughs> ever. Um, <laughs> but it, it didn't seem unusual. Now, um, you, you were recently like I, lo- I was looking at your Instagram and uh, you had some really interesting experiences with the, Joy- the Black Lives Matter and George Floyd protests that you, you went to. It was in LA, wasn't it, you, that you were attending? Yeah, I went, I've been to oh, a few demonstrations. And you said you got, and you said you got detained by the police. What happened? We were uh, sort of, uh, demonstrating out in front of the Eric Garcetti's house, who's the mayor of LA. And he lives in this like taxpayer funded house in Hickory Park. And so the, he had instated an unconstitutional curfew and to deter people from protesting. So the curfew that day, the protest began at four and they instituted the curfew at six o'clock. So people can't, don't even have time to get home. Um, cause people, you know, kind of, if the protest begins at four, people are going to arrive at like five thirty. So it was, it was just entrapment. Um, and it's getting my, my citation and all of our, like, we're in like a class action suit with the, the National Lawyers Guild and the ACLU picked up the case because they were just kind of, you know, it was just entrapment. It was unconstitutional to enforce the curfew so late. Anyway, so we were just demonstrating in front of the house and then they announced the curfew and then they said, if you don't go home, then you're like in violation of the curfew. So we're going to arrest you, which is actually not only is it unconstitutional, like on a federal level, but it's also like against our municipal law. It's a policy. You can't be arrested for breaking a policy. You can only be arrested for breaking the law. So this was a policy that we we shouldn't have been arrested at all. Anyway, then uh, like a number of, people that were still there were arrested and I was part of that um, and then yeah then we were detained and then we were detained for eight hours on a bus with no bathrooms no oh water um, with cuffs on like zip ties on and like people were getting like nerve damage and people were peeing on each other and bleeding we had no tampons um, we had no food and 
we also didn't weren't told where we were going. We went to Southgate for a few hours and we were detained on the bus at Southgate. And then with, with no explanation. It's just a, a part of LA County. That's like an hour away already, kind of. And then we then we were taking a few hours away to the furthest edge of the county to San Pedro, where we were then detained for the rest of the night with no explanation or like no, nothing. And then we were like processed and then then they let us go having been warned that anyone that would come pick us up would also be in violation of curfew and then subject to arrest. So I was ended up leaving at like four in the morning and was picked up by people that just knew that, you know, people that had volunteered to like risk their arrest. But it does, it deters like the people that are actually like have the most incentive to be protesting, you know, because people, people with criminal records, people that are already like have identities that are criminalized or that are subject to criminalization are going to be the people that are, will have the, 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 the most risk in like picking up somebody. So it not only like, it's one thing to put yourself at risk of arrest, but then you have to put your whole support network as well. So it was totally like unconstitutional, everything about it and it's getting dropped. As it should. And yeah, yeah. Wow. When you say it's getting dropped, you mean like any charges that against all of the demonstrators, including yourself? Yeah, like the National Lawyers, there was someone from the National Lawyers Guild like came out to meet us like in the early morning in San Pedro, which is insane. It's amazing. Shout out to them. Um, but they, yeah, the and the ACLU like took up the case. What's your takeaway from this? And what's your, um, like, do you have a plan going forward of how you want to follow through and what you were demonstrating through it for? Yeah, I mean, I try to do things. I try actually to keep it off social media and keep it off the phone, uh, which is, I think we're all gonna, we're seeing this now like with TikTok, like the next couple of years, it's all gonna just be more low tech, like VPN technology. I, I try, I try, yeah, I've, I've been, I've been involved in doing things and, and just kind of like, um, I think something, I think what, what I try to do is like support people. I think we really need, if we're going to be having this idea of abolishing the police or a specific police department, we also have to match that with support of people that are imprisoned and incarcerated people because otherwise it's just like empty. So I try to be involved in a lot of like build, build, building relationships with people that are the people that we're abolishing this for. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm yeah. sorry, they're abolishing what? Well, the, you know, I, I think like the most important thing, we can't just like abolish the police. We have to actually, what that means is that we want, we have to support and love people that are caged by them you know so i try to like be involved in just friends that yeah just help you know yeah yeah <laughs> makes sense well i think that's you know that's really wonderful of you to have taken that stand and to be fighting for what you believe in and for, like, a, I guess, a fairer, juster world. 
I mean, I feel like it's like, you know, anyone that's like white, able-bodied. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Knowledgeable about the law, like if you've done like a, a what's it called? Conscientious, uh, what's, it, what's it called? Subject, uh, conscientious. Oh, no, 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 no. Like uh, when you... Um, Legal observer, legal observer training, like if you have, or, or legal, legal observer, like you studied, like whatever. It, I think anyone that's able to, that's able to get a ride that has a support network that is not at risk of, of criminalized, less risk of criminalization, that has nice cars, that has money to, for bail, you know, that those are, that's who should be getting arrested. Um, so it's I like, see. Yeah. Awesome. Mercedes, thank you so much for your time today. It was thank such you. a talking with you. And we're so excited for Free Dirt, which is out now on video on demand, but also for your upcoming projects. Um, I think that you definitely have a long career ahead of you, just like your dad. Thank you. This is so nice talking to you guys. Yeah, please keep us apprised of new projects. We'd love to talk to you about them. And Everyone, um, get on video on demand and watch Pay Dirt. Yay! Yay. Thank Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much. Thank Bye. you. Bye.